Alright, so welcome back to a new episode of Physics Bites. Um, we have, uh, as usual, two new students, and this time the topic is going to be black holes. So I'm going to let them uh, introduce themselves, and then we'll get started with a little summary of what your presentation was all about. So, uh, hello, my name is Adèle. Yes. And I'm uh, Josephine. So we have Josephine and Adèle, two students in our grade 12 class. Uh, so Josephine is doing physics this year, and Adèle, you are not. You haven't done physics for a couple of years, right? So, uh, like last time when we had uh, uh, one of our students who hadn't done physics for at least a year or two, uh, I think it's a really good job that you guys did on a topic that's pretty interesting, but potentially difficult. But since we're not going into calculations, I think that should be fine. All right, so how about you guys uh, begin with a little short summary of what you talked about, uh, what black holes are, what's so special about them, why is there so much, uh, uh, let's say, uh, interest around black holes and, and science fiction and movies and all these things. So, um, so uh, during our presentation, we talked about uh, black holes, which are uh, regions of uh, space-time which are so dense that uh, no, nothing can escape from them, uh, not even light, which is the fastest thing in the universe. Right. Uh, so the reason you talk about space-time is, right, because last time we had uh, your classmates talk about relativity, and in relativity we realized that since the time of Einstein, uh, we kind of don't separate space and time, we consider them both part of the same thing, which we call space-time, and the way space-time is shaped and it behaves and the way things behave in and on space-time uh, is linked to what we call gravitation. And so you guys are working on black holes, which is a specific case. It's like a very specific behavior uh, in space-time, right? So, uh, then, uh, what exactly is a black hole? What's so special about them? Why are they so much uh, uh, interest around them in science and outside of science? Um, so, First, black holes. Um, there are many different types of black holes, so we see a particularly uh, four of them. Right, so like, um, there was a classification that you guys made yes. for us, the four categories of black holes. Uh, uh, they can be uh, with different masses. Right, so we, get, so we started with the, this, the biggest ones, the supermassive right, black the holes. Super right. are, and the smallest one, it's uh, the micro. Uh, black holes. Right, so these are like almost like the size of atoms and it's like a yes. quantum scale sort of phenomenon. Okay. Uh, what else did you guys talk about? Uh, we Josephine? also talked about, uh, well, since uh, black holes are a consequence of uh, Einstein's relativity, uh, it is a, a solution to uh, his equation and um, there are lots of uh, extensions to black holes because uh, not long ago, it was still a theoretical object, mm -hmm. but we observed the one in two thousand uh, in twenty nineteen. Right. So, f uh, so when you say we observed one, we actually got a photograph yes. of a black hole, even though we'd had indirect proof yes. of their existence uh, before that. But this was the first time we were actually able to photograph a black hole. So, how can we photograph a black hole if you 
say that black hole is something that by definition doesn't emit any light. So how can we photograph something that doesn't emit light? Um, well, if a black hole doesn't emit light, it emits X-rays. So we were able to observe it by that. And we also caught uh, what we call the shadow of a black hole, mm -hmm. which is all the matter that spins around it right. and is attracted by it. Right, because it's like a giant uh, vacuum and it's sort of everything is going into it. So inside the black hole we can't see but there's always lots of stuff around the black yes, hole and, exactly. and so what we would see it looks like what this photograph can you describe it what it looked like uh, it looks like um a big yellow circle yeah uh and in the center is like black like a black this and this is the shadow yes. that you were talking about uh you also talked about x-rays why why do black holes emit x-rays do you know <laughs> Um, because uh, the black hole is very heavy and very uh, creates a strong um, gravitational field and right. magnetic field, mm -hmm. and all the matter that spins around it is uh, right. gets heat by the the forces around it, right, and, and while it heats, it emits. Right. So the X-ray is not the black hole itself, but all the stuff that's continuously falling into the black hole. That because of the movement and all the energy that's involved, it emits this radiation, which falls in the and the x-ray uh, part of the electromagnetic yeah, spectrum. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, what else did you guys talk about in your um, lovely presentation? We talk about um, how the black holes die. Right. So we have a few questions from yeah. your classmates on how black holes die. First of all, do we know how black holes are born? Uh, well, I think uh, black holes are born from uh, dying giant stars. Right, when, dying stars. When uh, uh, nuclear fusion doesn't happen in their center anymore, uh, the its matter uh, starts uh, collapsing on itself. Right, and we had one of your, we had a group that presented this in the second group where they talked about the formation and death of stars, and they talked about different masses of stars, and the most massive ones when they become the red giants, and then they go through what was it called the explosion? A supernova. a supernova the remaining stuff sort of collapses on itself because of its gravitational force and then how does that lead to a black hole uh, well the gravity is so strong and then there is nothing that push push matter uh, uh, away Boy. so it starts collapsing on itself and becomes so dense and then it becomes the singularity of the black hole which is a, a very very tiny point that uh, uh, that contains all the old corpses mass right so it's very very tiny and very heavy mm -hmm. so uh, it it is very uh, well according to Einstein it's um, uh, it curves space-time so much stronger right. than anything else and right. it's so its gravity is so strong right so in fact a, a black hole is not actually a hole it's not a hole would be the absence of something. This is not a hole. It's just a really, really super dense sort of star or object that is so dense that yes. light can't escape it. And then it looks like it's a hole just because yes, there's hole nothing coming it's, it's actually a, a representation right. of the black hole. Right. Um, and you talked about uh, Einstein's equations, just so we're clear. So the, the famous Einstein's equation, on the one side, it talks about how much energy and mass there is in a region of space. And on the other side, it talks about how space is affected by this, the curvature. And the more curved it is, the more the gravitational field that we measure would be strong. And, uh, okay. I think you also talked about the first person who came up with the solution for black hole. Yes, right after uh, Einstein Carl, had Carl Schwarzschild. Right, Carl Schwarzschild, who was a physicist, and do you remember the story about where he found his solution to the Einstein equation and what the context was? Do you remember this or no? 
So this was in 1916, and it was during the First World War, and he was a physicist who was recruited, and he was in the trenches during the war, and as a way of sort of, I guess, to keep his mind uh, sane and all this, he was following all the news coming from the physics world, and he'd read the Einstein's paper, and he was the first person to find a solution to it, and the first solution included this idea of an object that was spherical and, you know, nothing it escapes. That's what we call the Schwarzschild, Schwarzschild solution or a Schwarzschild black hole. Uh, in the meantime, I guess lots of other physicists have found other solutions, like one that's turning with electric charge, without electric charge and all this. Okay, was there anything else uh, in your presentation that you wanted to talk about before we go on to the questions? Um, yes, we also talked about uh, the extensions of the theory of black holes right. to white holes and wormholes, which right. this time are uh, theoretical. Right, in and that we haven't any proof of it yet. Yes. But the uh, theory predicts that maybe something like this could exist. Yes, well, it's only in the calculations of uh, Einstein's equation. Mm -hmm. It would be a symmetrical um, solution to the equation. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like nothing can escape from a black hole, nothing can go into a wormhole. Right. Uh, or a white hole. A white hole, sorry. Right. And the wormhole is the association of one black hole and one white hole put right, together. A connection between the two of them. Yes, that mm -hmm. could create a bridge in space-time and should allow uh, space-time tra space travel, but it's more like science fiction. Right, and it's been used a lot in science fiction, yes. most recently maybe in well, Interstellar that we, mm -hmm. we all have yes. watched and I've, I've enjoyed until a certain point in the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and the death of a black hole, because that was the final thing you guys mentioned it. So how does a black hole die? So... Uh, first, in theory, uh, black holes don't die but evaporate. Right. And the time when this black hole die depends of uh, its type, mm -hmm. and so uh, it depends to on uh, its uh, masses too. Right. Uh, so, for example. So the more massive it is, the bigger it is, the longer it takes for it to, quote unquote, yes. evaporate. So, uh, for example, the supermassive one, so mm -hmm. the biggest one. Uh, we um, will evaporate in around uh, 20,000 years. So. More than 20,000, right? Um, maybe 20,000 billion oh, yes, sorry. trillion years, maybe? Billion, long, long time. Yes. Right. 20,000 years is not that long, no? Exactly. Okay. Do you remember what is called uh, this method, this process of evaporation? There's a name for it. It's named after a very famous scientist. Uh, Hawking's, yeah. Hawking's theory. Hawking, Hawking radiation. And do you guys at all get a chance to look at how Hawking's radiation works or what it's based on or what it actually means to evaporate? I think I got something, but it's yeah? like really abstract. Right, Josephine. So um, what, what did you find? It's, it is pretty advanced stuff. I but think, um, well, um, imagine a piece made of vacuum. Mm -hmm. There is no energy, nothing. Mm -hmm. Even a room. Right. Yes, yes, right. uh, <laughs> anything. Okay. And so in this vacuum, sometimes two particles can pop out yeah. uh, and they are symmetrical. So the energy that is used to create them is instantly um, uh, absorbed when they merge. So what you mean by symmetrical, I think you mean that they're a pair of particle and an antiparticle. Yes. So that it's like for a tiny second, the universe borrows a bit of energy, creates them, and then when they come back together, yes, this energy exactly. goes back. So it's like it's done so quickly that nobody hopefully notices it, right? Yes, That's exactly. Sort of and when this phenomenon happens uh, at near the event horizon of a black hole, mm -hmm. 
Sometimes uh, what happens is that one particle is absorbed and the other is not. Mm -hmm. And uh, this this way, um, uh, somehow the black hole loses energy right. by the particle that goes out. So uh, this, this this process is called uh, virtual pair production. And you mentioned the event horizon. Can you guys uh, tell us what what it mean? What is the event horizon? It's a very important part of a of a black hole. Um, what is it? The event horizon is the point of no return. Right. When, what does that mean? When anything passes that point, it cannot escape the. Black why? Hole. Why can it uh, no longer escape once it goes past the event horizon? Because it's the point where gravity is so strong that nothing can escape the black hole from. from right. Now on. So the idea is that at any altitude. So even for the Earth or another planet, there's always, from any altitude, for the object to escape, it has to have what we call an escape velocity. So from the surface of the Earth, if I want, if I want to throw something that goes to infinity, I have to throw it at a minimum of a certain speed. And this speed is called the escape velocity. The event horizon is the altitude from which the escape velocity has to be higher infinity. than the speed of light. Yes. Because nothing can go faster than the speed of light, so if the escape velocity is more than the speed of light, basically nothing can escape right so it's not necessarily on the surface of that supermassive star or at the center it's further out yes it's just that once you go past that point to get out you have to go faster than light and it's not possible okay all right is there anything else uh, you guys want to mention before we go to questions I don't no all right so uh, we'll take a little pause and we'll go to the question and answer part All right, so we're back for the questions, and there was a fair number of uh, interesting questions from your classmates, uh, because I think black holes, black holes are one of those things that make everybody, uh, you know, dream of uh, fantastic situations and everything. Were there any one of the questions that you guys found particularly interesting, or do we just go at random? Can go random. We'll go at random. Mm -hmm. Okay. Elie and Alexandre, who uh, did the presentations on on the Big Bang and the beginning of the universe, had a couple of four questions. One of them was, so what happens when two black holes uh, collide? Is that possible? I Is it something special that happens? Uh, well, yes, I think when two black holes collide, um, they merge into mm -hmm. a much bigger black hole. And uh, they emit uh, X-ray, lots of X-ray, and uh, theoretical force that is called gravitational waves. Well, it's no longer theoretical because we detected it a few years ago and there were Nobel Prizes given, right? On the, on the Virgo telescope? Uh, it was on LIGO. Right. Very good. LIGO, which is the smaller one, which it was in, I think, uh, northwestern United States. And so gravitational, so basically it's like they, they hit each other, they, they kind of merge into one object, and that object the creation of it, it sort of sends waves that actually vibrate, not in space-time, but they make the actual fabric space of space-time vibrate. And we were able to detect this with this LIGO detector, which is uh, this fantastic instrument, uh, basically two lasers that are perpendicular to each other, and we can detect if there's a difference in compression of space-time or something along that line. Okay, so we have observed it once uh, maybe i think it, it, we've observed other ones in the meantime and they're building bigger ones in space and like in other countries so we can actually see more and more it's like being able to see a new aspect of the universe uh do you, another question from your two classmates uh do we know how many black holes there are in the universe 
So, uh, in a recent publication yeah. from the uh, Astrophysical Journal, yeah. a team of scientif- uh, scientists uh, estimates uh, the number of black holes in the visual uh, universe right. at 40 billions of billions. Okay, of so uh, I think we can sufficiently use the word a lot yes. in there. Uh, and the interesting thing is you said in the visible universe, so yes. that there may be ones we, which we don't see, uh, because finally the visible universe is about, we think, what, 4 or 5% of the actual universe that's out there because of black, mm. dark matter and dark energy. Lots of fun stuff like that. Uh, are there any theories about what happens inside a black hole, or is it uh, just speculation? Can we know what's going on inside a black hole? Um, I think there are two theories about the uh, the shape of the singularity. Yeah. Uh, for uh, the one scientist who discovered black hole, Schwarzschild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it would be a sphere. Yeah. And for another scientist called care it would be right, a the, disc. the famous Kerr solution yeah yes it would be a disc spinning ar- uh, on itself and this would imply that there is a white hole on the other side because it would okay. be compressed right. between the two holes okay okay so what we're talking about is different solutions to the Einstein equation that give black holes the Kerr solution is basically like a, it's a spinning spherical solution so uh, uh, I think the general problem is that the singularity is where the physics of Einstein breaks down. We can't, we don't have any explanation just because it's, you have to have, we think, a mix of quantum theory and gravity and that's where we've been stuck for the last 50, 60 years. So can we actually go into a black hole without getting uh, hurt, do you think? I think if you, I'm not sure, but if you go into black holes, yeah. you never escape. Well, so okay, we, we can accept that if we can't escape, but... Are we going to hurt, get hurt going inside a black hole, you think? Is it going to be painful? Can it happen? Can it not happen? Or Well, I think gravity is so strong that um, when you get uh, closer and closer to the singularity, mm. the gravity gets stronger and stronger, so you get... Stretched out? <laughs> stretched out. So why uh, do we get stretched out? That's a good... So what you're talking about is what we call tidal forces. Tidal forces... It means that there's a difference for difference of force between your top and bottom, for example, right? Yes. Why is that the case? Well, because gravity is so strong that... But why, why is it not strong everywhere? Because to stretch, that means we're pulling harder on one side than the other side. Yes, Why is that the case? Gravity is a little tinier, uh, a little bit um, lighter when you're further away. Right, so what you're talking about is even Newton's theory of gravity is the idea that gravity depends on the distance also. Yes. So the further you are... From the source of the, the gravitational field, the less force you are. But here, it's so strong that even a distance of like one or two meters, the force is so big that it can start yes, sort exactly. of tearing you apart. So that's if we're going towards this singularity. But can we go past the event horizon without getting hurt? You have an idea? <laughs> Tough question. Yes. So the idea is, and we saw this in, in interstellar a little bit. So the bigger black hole is, the easier it is to go into it without getting hurt, right? Because, and the smaller it is, the worse. And the reason, can you guess why it's easier to go into a big black hole than a small one without getting hurt? So it's all about tidal forces, right? So a bigger, yes, uh, Alexandre maybe has an answer? Maybe because there is a lot of uh, energy and force in a small space. 
But I can tell you that a big black hole has a stronger gravitational field than, uh, than a smaller one because there's more mass, right? So the question is the event horizon, right? So for a big black hole, like a supermassive black hole, the event horizon is very far away. So when you're at the event horizon, the actual difference of force between your feet and your head is much smaller than if you read the event horizon for a small black hole, right? Because in a small black hole, the event horizon is much closer to the singularity. And in a big one, it's much further away, right? right? At least that's what we think. Can we actually ever see somebody fall into a black hole? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the closest black hole to us is four light years. Four, no. Uh, four, uh, no, one, uh, really one thousand uh, light years away. A few thousand, maybe, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and it, I don't think it But imagine, imagine in the future, we, we have a star, starship, we go to the edge of a black hole like an interstellar, okay? And then we, we take something and we throw it towards a black hole, right? It's going to get start to get sucked in there. Can we actually see it go inside the black hole? Oh, I, I don't think we couldn't because black hole absorbs light. So what do we actually see, do you think, when something is falling into a black hole? No? So first of all, we would never see it actually, uh, we can't see it once inside the event horizon, right? Because the light can't escape. So you might think that it sort of like falls into a black space and disappears. But as we know from a bit from relativity, as uh, Noemi and Marine talked about it last week and we've seen in movies, what happens to time the closer, the, the stronger the gravitational field gets? What happens to time? It slows down. Right, so if we see somebody that's close to a black hole where there's a strong gravitational field, we would see that time is slowing down for them, right? And the closer they get to the event horizon, because the escape velocity has to be closer to the speed of light, time has to slow down more and more, right? So the closer we see somebody getting to the event horizon, the more it seems like time is slowing down for them. And at the event horizon, technically, what would we see? That time Stop. stops. So we would never actually see them falling in, right? Well. <laughs> So that's true also of all the other things that are falling in, right? So basically, we think that if we were at the edge of the black hole, or close enough not to get sucked in, but actually see what's going on, all we'd see was like, all the stuff that's been falling in all these years, we'd see them going closer to the edge, to the event horizon, and never actually falling in. Now, in their time, in their frame of reference, they're in there. They may be crushed, maybe they're coming out the other side in the form of a few atoms, or maybe Hawking radiation, but... So it's not, but all that is speculation. We don't actually know. We think that that's might be, that that's what might be the case. That's why we like it so much. There's so much interesting stuff happening there. All right. So what happens the moment a black hole dies? So this is a question from Meli and Jade, and they're wondering uh, what happens. So you talked about this Hawking radiation and mm -hmm. sort of these particles are going away, and maybe ten to the ten years. Yeah, they're shaking hands at the, the ingenuity of their question in the back. Uh, so imagine, so this black hole is radiating away this energy, and it's smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. What happens the moment it dies, do you know? Did you read up? You can't know it. Did you read it anywhere, somewhere, maybe? Come across it? No. no? Did you guys uh, actually see uh, anywhere, read anything about what happens? No? All right. So basically what we think will happen uh, when... This back was getting smaller and smaller. The instant that it sort of evaporates, goes into nothingness, that we think there's going to be a, a sort of a gigantic explosion, production of energy and light and, and, and everything. So sort of, I guess, maybe something like a supernova or something of that nature, something very intense. Uh, 
Ah, good question from Max and Gaspard. They usually have good questions, even though they're always arguing with me and trying to not agree with me. Uh, so, is it possible to try and produce a black hole on Earth? Maybe when we try to make fusion or... So, can, can fusion produce black holes in your opinion? I don't think it's dense enough. Because if it was possible, then every time a star forms, it would instantly turn into a black hole, right? Because there's yes. fusion going on all the time. But is it possible to produce a black hole on Earth, do you think? Um, I think yes, because we... I'm not sure. But we see with the, the smallest one yeah. that with, um, if we have um, access to all the... The information about quantum stuff, stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can create one because, as the smallest one, it's about uh, quantum physics. Right. So, so it's a quantum. So actually, your answer is not too far from the truth. I think uh, because actually, when the big particle accelerator in CERN, the LHC, was coming online in 2008, there were a few physicists who were worried that it might achieve energies high enough that it might produce quantum black holes. And a quantum black hole, technically if it's produced, it could destroy the Earth, right? But, and I remember it was funny because I had to, I was taking a class to Geneva to visit the thing. And my mom called me from Canada and she's like, are you sure you're going to go to Geneva? I read that it might produce black holes. It's going to be dangerous. I'm like, and I told her, if it produces a black hole, I don't think being in Paris or Geneva is going to make much difference. It's... Uh, but so technically, you're right. We might theoretically be able to produce black holes, but only a quantum scale sort of black with these micro black holes. And it's a good answer. Good, good way of looking at the problem. Are there any black? So we also know about black holes and the galaxies. That are there? Are there black holes somewhere in the galaxy? We think. No. Well, since there is one black hole at the center of each galaxy. Right. So we yeah. basically we suspect that the center of most galaxies there is a, like a supermassive black hole it's kind of the source of the energy for the for the black hole um let's see i think that's pretty much most of the questions so i don't know is there any interesting things that, that we haven't talked about that you guys really liked in your topic or no how did you find it was it difficult uh, uh then uh, especially for you because you haven't done physics for a couple of years did you find it difficult or uh i think it's a very interesting subject for somebody who doesn't do any physics at mm. all, like me, um, because it's a very, like we know a lot of things of black holes, but there are a lot of things that we don't know too, mm. so it's very interesting thing. And there's lots of literature on there for the layperson. There's lots of stuff where you don't have to be a physicist, but people like physicists or scientists have written about it in a way that most people can understand. And it's, I think it's a, maybe fascinating enough in and of itself that people are curious to uh, want to learn about it. And Josephine, how did you find the topic? Um, you do physics and you, you're more yes. uh, generally um, interested in, in physics in general. You read up a lot of stuff on it. So yes, how did you was, find the topic? It was still very complicated. Yeah. But I read uh, about lots of stuff that I couldn't put in the presentation yeah. because it was too... Technical or yes. advanced. I can understand. Uh, what did you guys use mainly as your resources in terms of... Uh, Stuff that gave you information that you used. Uh, the, um, the website of uh, the, the NASA. Yeah, they have a lot of interesting stuff on, on NASA's website. And uh, one from Canada. Right. Because there is uh, an observation point in Canada. Right, right. So there are all the website about black holes and 
all the recent research about mm. it. There's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in the last four or five years, especially mm-hmm. on what we call uh, the information paradox with black holes, this information that goes into it, where does it go? So it's really, really exciting stuff. So thank you very much. Great job as usual. And so we'll be back uh, next week with another group who's going to be presenting uh, their topic, which was on artificial intelligence. And then after that, we still have a couple more to go this year. Cryptocurrencies, superconductivity. So thank you very much. And then, Josephine, you guys did a really, really good job. Uh, And we'll see you guys next time.